0: Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 660 Fuck
1: yeah Wait, we stopped at 60 I'm just excited for 666 I got so stoked that I stopped listening to you to celebrate It was like a touchdown you, pass right or You right jumped ahead a little off. bit my brain just goes to the devil so quickly. I'm so sorry, Kyle. <laughs> no, it's all right. Or, you know what, though? It seems to be working out great for you. Our dark lord will forgive me, so. Uh, do we have anything from the Nerdist Community, Community court Board? Somebody sent a remix of that. i got to forward that to you. Please do. It's a good time. Um, this one uh, I almost want to just go to uh, in Portland, Tennessee. Yes, they're having the Strawberry Festival that they have annually in that town. Fantastic. Only this year, it's being invaded by the Five O First Stormtrooper Brigade. What? And the Grand Marshal of the Berry Parade is the one and only Darth Vader. Now I have a. I've been given a special certificate from the fi- from the Five O First. Really, and they uh, they're a good group. Did they make you like a lieutenant? Like you know, like when you get deputized. Well, yeah. Can you kind murder of. rebel scum? I can murder rebel scum. That's right. But I kind of work both angles. But don't tell them that. Well, I mean, you said it under, I mean, Empire doesn't. They gave it to this. me at Star
0: Wars Celebration a few years ago. Which the uh, Star Wars Celebration is coming up again Ooh. in about a week and a half.
1: It's uh, it's up in the Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah, it's
0: in Anaheim. Yeah, you should go there.
1: I, I wanted. So do strawberry. That strawberry content. Festival in Portland. It's Tennessee. a strawberry. It's it's uh, May eighth and 9th. And it is uh, their whole... The theme is May the berries be with you. Great. Not much of a stretch. <laughs> Bad. Katie liked that, of all things, because it's so lazy. I love oh, it's, it. It's great. May the berries be with you. Uh, and yeah, and the 501st, are going to be running around, so it's just going to be you're going to eat strawberries, you're going to hang out with stormtroopers, Darth Vader is going to be cramming strawberries into the and ventilator. And you're only allowed to eat dark pieces? berries because it's the, because it's the, the, the Empire? Oh, or you'll be taken away. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I like the idea that it's imperialism coming in with the strawberries too. So there is kind of a dark undertone to it when the 501st comes in. Anything else on the
0: community cardboard? Uh, yeah, uh,
1: I'm going to go with uh, this one. It's a podcast called We Talk Games Okay. where every uh, week they go out and they find vintage arcade machines from yeah. back in the day Yeah, yeah. play them and then review the experience as adults compared to their experience as kids running around in arcades.
0: Please games. play Robotron 2084. I feel like right.
1: that might have been one of the episodes that I saw when I looked them up because this podcast looks awesome. Okay, good. They're Thank you very loaded much. loaded up on my iPod and ready to go.
0: Thank you, Kyle Clark. No problem. I'll be performing in Minneapolis this weekend. That'll be Friday, April 10th. And in Madison, Wisconsin April 11th I believe the Madison show is sold out And the first show In Minneapolis Is sold out But I believe there are Still a handful of tickets Available to the second show The 1030 show In Minneapolis If you go to Funcomfortabletour.com uh, One of my best friends April Richardson Is opening for me On the she's road She's a national treasure I adore her And she's hilarious And uh, and she will be she will be With me And we'll go do a show And find some good donuts Somewhere If you know of a good Donut place in Minneapolis That's open Ooh, late know me- I imagine no. that
1: has to exist
0: This episode is uh, Billy Crystal returns To the podcast That's a sentence That you never thought you get to say. and and he was fantastic. And then Josh Gad, who's also great, um, Josh uh, s- sprung to fame in the uh, the Book of Mormon and then has worked a ton since then and he's a super good dude. We're actually pitching a show together and uh, and, and and the show, the comedians. Which, by the way, the showrunner is, is a guy that I've known since college, a guy named Ben Wexler. Really? Who's great, and I'm so happy that he has it. Because we watched, uh, Jonah and I watched some of the episodes of The Comedians before they came on, and it's fan-fucking-tastic.
1: I don't know, that FX, they're not really good at putting out comedy shows. Uh, it's
0: like yeah, they're the I mean, best it's like, thing in the I mean, industry you know. consistently for like a decade <laughs> now. So the show, Comedians, uh, premieres... Tomorrow from the time this goes up, April 9th at 10 p.m. on FX, and you should absolutely watch it.
1: Do you remember when Billy Crystal said he thinks he's gonna do stand-up again?
0: Yeah, I remember. I got real excited. I invited him to come do beta tests at some uh, point. I maybe during beta test last night was hoping Billy Crystal was gonna show up. No, him. I haven't heard from him yet. I haven't heard from him yet. But he should do it. Billy Crystal do it. Nerdist podcast number 660. Katie roll the thing.
2: Now entering nerdist.com.
0: Why am I yelling? Oh, sorry. Katie? Katie! Katie, where are my candies? Rose. Rose. How do you know that? <laughs> you. Do you guys I think we, we can we can squeeze you guys all in.
3: You, oh no scout today. Wait. <laughs> Will somebody get a picture of me and Billy and, and the nerdest fruit? <laughs> yes. Pretending to be talking on, on
4: a microphone. Something. Actually, would you mind just pretending to be listening to me while I'm talking? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, who are you? Right. <laughs> Seriously. I'll tell you right after this. sweet That's Jonah. That, yeah, Jonah. Jonah, hi, Jen. Were you there when we did the show? And I at, was uh, not able to come up that weekend. Oh, Matt was there. Matt was there, but was uh, really I was not fun. able to come
2: up. Yeah.
3: That's pretty great. That looked pretty interesting. It's pretty, I think it's, well, yeah, because Billy Crystal's face is... Excised. Do you want me to
4: take over this
3: side? Yes. Yeah. Billy, look at the camera, not be in fear of it. So on this shot, what I want you to do is I want you to pretend like you want to be with us. Okay,
4: Marty. <laughs> one, two, three. Four. Thank so. you.
0: Yeah, that was really fun. Pixar's yeah. pretty amazing. It was a great, it was a great weekend. But you went up to Pixar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they met. did Monsters University, I we I just up there. went for
3: the first time. It's the most unbelievable place. I, I wanted to literally quit what I do and go work there. Just as an live animator. there. Yeah. My friend Rashida Jones is writing a new movie for this, Toy Story 4. Yeah. And she's up there all the time.
0: That's, uh, you, the, the benefit that you have for being a recognizable person is that you could just go walk around there, and I don't think anyone would stop you. You just be like, oh, I'm working on that, and then just trail off yeah. whatever you're saying. I and should just like, do ah, that. I should just go. I cat. never wanted
3: to leave. I never wanted to leave that place. It's magical. I took a picture with the big lamp in the front. The I Disneyland. know. I it's did so that. Nice. It's like going to Disneyland. It's everything you want to take a picture of. Yes. I took a picture with uh, one Mike Wazowski. What? I know. My friend, who's at the entrance. You're at the both entrances because they have the Monsters Inc. characters in one. Right. And then they have the Monsters University characters in the other. Do they? It's just you get younger in every building. <laughs>
4: so much, wait, like my, <laughs> much like my bio. I'm 46 in my bio.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Billy Crystal is the one who sued IMDb for Revealing Ages. He's like, uh-uh. I did not do that I'm much younger I did not do that Well Josh said it So I think it must be It must true. be true like, it's
4: not, Well okay then and, and,
3: and, and because he said that Wikipedia can now Source yes, it Yes that's so right It's a thing like, This is a thing uh, Billy Crystal's officially 46 years old And has sued
4: IMD No I did, did Please Please Anyone out there can, Spreading Well no, I'm looking at it Right now on me. the internet Help these me These motherfuckers how dare <laughs> I mean it's that's all not right me here That's not me too
0: Says definitely Billy
2: Crystal
4: And It says not me. It says right there. A Definitely Billy Crystal.
2: Not, not
0: No, 100%. I don't think so. Don't think so. Uh, I'm very excited for your show because I just watched. I I just got it and I watched the first episode of it last night. And uh, I didn't. I had didn't know what it when I got the thing. I'm like, oh, I didn't know they were doing a. And it's a dream. Besides you guys too, it's a dream team. Yes. yes. I've known Ben Wexler since college. Oh, he's the best. And and Larry Charles and, and like. It's Borat, am- Bruno, Curb, Seinfeld. The guy yeah. is just uh, unreal. How long do you think when you guys are doing press junkets before
3: someone's like, So did you audition for this part? Like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, It would be a confusing question, <laughs> uh, one of which we would answer, No, we did not. Right. Billy actually was involved before I was. You want to tell the.
4: Yeah, well, I was sent this uh, show from Sweden, which. With all due respect to Sweden, I don't think of it as the funny place. Sure. It's, our it's <laughs> dark at noon, and then, then they drink. Yeah. And um, these two actors, the, the show was called The Comedians, and these two brilliant guys, it's, it's our premise, a veteran comic team with a younger guy, reluctantly to do a late night sketch show uh, for the network. And... They don't like each other, they don't think either one is funny, but in their heart they know that they really need each other at the same time. So I watched the first one, and five minutes into it I'm thinking, I want to do this. Because for me it was a chance to to, to play a version of myself, and also whoever at that point was going to be teamed with me was going to be somebody great, hopefully, and we would be able to do sketches and live sketches in front of a live audience, which we had envisioned right away.
3: And at that point you didn't realize you were going to have to settle
4: for me, there was still hope. That's it true. Was still, like you were still dreaming
3: of possibilities,
4: right? And um, but Andy Dick is such a different way
3: to go. <laughs> yeah, such yeah, a different way to go. You know,
4: he just didn't want to do it. No,
0: and
3: yeah. so no, Josh, uh-uh. no. You know, his quote was way too high for what they were <laughs>
2: what they were willing <laughs> to do. And, 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 and
4: then we set out to to you know <laughs> put the team together to pr- first of all to produce it. And so that we reached out, people kept coming in, coming in, and, and then Larry came in, and I knew I wanted him right away from our first meeting and Then Ben and Matt Nix came in as a team and i didn 't really know them, but when we talked and spent some time together, we all said let 's do this together and then we set out to you know put the creative team together, and that 's when we I met Josh at a Benefit for Billy Crystal. It wasn't a benefit for me. Too it money for your IMDb campaign? Yes. It was, all yes. Right. The legal it was not a benefit. We got to go pay God. the legal fees. You know, it, <laughs> these kids today. I was being honored at the Geffen Theater. It was a benefit for the Geffen Theater. It was.
3: Billy was being an honoree, and they asked me to come in and sing to him, which was kind of a dream come true. I grew up with about five legends that I sort of wanted to be like, and also Billy Crystal. And so for <laughs> me... <laughs> no, but Billy was literally one of those people. He, I remember seeing Princess Bride at a young age, and it, it just left this indelible impression on me. And I always tell Billy the story about when I watched Comic Relief 5 with he, Robin, and Whoopi, I literally wanted to jump into the screen and be a part of that trio. I looked at him and I go, "This is what I want to do with my life." Is his charisma, the way that he owned the stage, all of it? I was I was just mesmerized by. And then his Oscar hosting and everything else. That's so enough. When you get, <laughs> who are you other yeah. for? What if it was like? Uh, well, it's tough. Billy and Frank Stallone, uh, Mussolini. Yeah. Frank, Frank, yeah. Stallone. Yeah. Frank Stallone. Frank <laughs> Stallone.
1: Just like Roger oh, Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> real Murderers so Row, is it? A you don't want
3: to Billy know, Billy Carter was great. Yeah. <laughs> <And he laughs> Rabbit weird a weird relative,
4: um, and Yogi Bear,
3: and Yogi Bear, of course, <laughs> he's not even real. And so I, to get an opportunity to work with a legend like that, oh, who yeah. you admire the hell out of, so
4: we met. I'm going to stop you because it's just too much. No, 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 no. no it's his, it's, it disappointed me. We, in every we spoke, <laughs> he was sensationally sang a number from um, what was the show you did? A
3: little show Book of
4: Mormon. And so he sang Man Up, and he was great. And we're backstage, and um, Carl Reiner was there, and um, Clint Eastwood was there. Oh, that's right, and uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman was there. <clears throat> And um, that was pretty great. because Morgan was narrating my day. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the honoree. Billy he actually did the voiceover room. of my day. Billy <laughs> got up and board. took a shower just like he does every day. Reaches for the... Uh, <laughs> and um, so, then he, so then we spoke, oh. and, and he was coming in the next day to meet with Larry, Ben, and, and Matt and I. And usually those meetings are a half hour, 40 minutes. We were there three hours. And by the time we were... Past the 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 spraying of the musk and the running together and butting of the heads, um, <laughs> we started doing. We were just improvising stuff, and then he left, and we didn't want him to go. We all looked at each other and said, "Well, you know, cancel a call of Jack Black, <laughs> this guy." <laughs> no, it was, and it was just it just felt right, and he's he's so multi talented, and and what surprised me was because I had only seen Book of Mormon, which was first of all sensational. Um when you see somebody for the first time and you go, who's this guy? You know, and I'd seen him on a daily show uh, and so on, but that's not his thing. When he's in front of an audience, he comes alive and he was, his timing was unusual and great and his power on stage and his, the way he handled himself. I just thought we were, you know, this was going to be the perfect match and it's proven to be. So what was the decision to essentially play characterized versions of yourselves? We all met and said, all right, so am I Bobby Goldman? Who am I? Right. You know, And we all said, maybe we should just play ourselves. And Matt, but Larry and Matt and Ben went, well, you would do that? You would do
2: that?
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll really and By help. the way, it is a sca- to, I'm terrified three weeks before we premiere. At, there's something so gratifying and terrifying at the same time. Because you are playing versions of yourselves. But you're playing heightened, very meta versions that aren't quite you. But if audiences don't know you well enough, they could assume that that is you. And we make some bold choices on the show. And we do some things that I don't think Billy and I on a daily basis might do. And that's the joy of it. But it's also scary as hell. Because you're assuming that everybody's in on the joke. And that's what you're hoping for. But that was the fun of it. That's why we immediately were like, if we're going to do this, the only way to really do it, and it's the way the Swedish show does it, is... They are playing themselves. They're big comics in Sweden. And we were like, if we're going to do it, let's, let's go all the way with it. And the show goes beyond just the meta of, of casting the two of us playing ourselves. You also have Larry Charles who's directing the pilot in the pilot playing a director who's fired from the pilot. You have- <laughs> I loved him. I was so sad uh, to see I him. Know. I know. I know. <laughs> and there's this rabbit hole of meta on the show. That I think you know, there's a precedent for it in Kerby enthusiasm and shows like Larry Louis. Sanders and Louie. But this, I feel, takes it even one step yeah. further. in And it's this. Is, it, is it more fr- freeing in a way?
0: Like, can you go farther out because you're playing yourself and it's ridiculous, or can you, do you have to keep a little more grounded?
4: You have to keep a little more. It's a very fine line. I have to say that because there's some things I would go up to them after seeing a page and go, I can't, I can't do that. I'll go I'll do this, but I won't do that. That's right. a little too much. But usually I, I cross my own personal line <laughs> yeah. several times. You really do. But I, yeah. yeah,
3: we both sort of like at first we'd get these pages and you're so vulnerable because you're like, well somebody's writing this thing about me, so do they think this is yeah. who I am? And is this their perception of me? <clears throat> and so we'll talk it out. And there were some difficult episodes where Billy and I have to go after each other and do it in a way that's, you know, that is a hyper, again, a hyper meta version of who we are. And so we would always come up to each other after (laughs) we would do one of those scenes and be like... We okay? <laughs> we, we know that uh, I don't even, know though, yeah, even though we don't have different character names and even though we're calling ourselves Billy and Josh, I want you to know that that's not what I think about you and Billy would say vice versa and we'd be on with it. And that was that was challenging at times. But I feel like we not only went there, but we completely pot committed to it and, yeah. and didn't you look to. back. Uh, yeah. I think, for, I think it's fun. for
0: I think the, the the layer that I think comedy nerds will really enjoy is watching... The this, this generational, like w- like watching a guy who's been around for a while who who appreciates joke structure, and versus like a young <laughs> yeah. punk comic yeah. who's just like, and then I'll suck your cock. You yeah. <laughs> you're like, why do you have to? You know, like just watching the yeah, watching. That was the I, best. I completely,
1: I right. so yeah. understand because that's <laughs> every conversation comedians have. Is it's like I don't know if they're
3: doing it right. Yeah. these well, kids, <laughs> I don't know. Just absurdity way, on that, absurdity. Come that's on. the essence of the show. I always joke around that the show. <laughs> it doesn't need to be called the comedians. It could be called the butchers. It could be called, you know, the tailors, the car salesmen. It's about the disconnect that exists in, I think, every vocation between younger and older generations and their approaches, especially right now when over the past 50 plus years, you've seen a huge, huge gap in terms of technology and everything else. And how people approach things is completely different now then people would have approached things back then comedy's no different billy comes from an era that ironically i actually relate to more than my character on the show because <laughs> i grew up i grew up almost with the same exact storyline as billy his first the first time he ever knew that he wanted to be a comedian it was in the Catskill mountains watching a comedian watching it that was my very first encounter with comedy where I looked at the stage, I looked at this Borscht Belt comedian and I said, I want to do that. Like an eerie sort of similarity. But generationally, you do see that disconnect and you do see younger alt comics who are sort of trying to uh, come from a place of irony and come from a completely different place than the joke structure uh, that, that the previous generation came from. And I love that. I love the battle of of those two types of approaches to the same goal. I
0: like seeing characters where one is like, I was influenced by you, and the other guy's like, no you weren't, like the like, guy <laughs> being like, how? I don't see it, you right. know, like see, cause there are, you know, when I look at all the comics, <clears throat> Who influenced me the most, and certainly it'd, it'd be you, and Steve Martin, and right. Seinfeld, and Kinnison, and Stephen Wright, and Emo Phillips, and Pryor, oh and, Emo Phillips, and yeah. Bill Hicks, yeah. and like Bill y- Hicks, and all, all these people. And I don't see any of my, I see nothing about any of that group in what I write now, right? Which is sort of, which is sort of strange. So do you think you just take molecules here and there, and somehow it kind of snowballs and forms? Yeah, see, I
4: don't think it's strange. I think you absorb. You know, all kinds of things, and then you use what you, when you find yourself as you get, you know, more mature and, and grow and your taste develops on your own, then you find your own way. And I think that's, what's, that's what uh, I think is happening. Does it really make
0: you uncomfortable when people are like, you really influenced my career? And it was like, Is it sort of, do you go, okay, okay, yeah, it's weird, I don't know.
4: No, I love it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, 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 that's very sweet. Who but influenced it influenced you? Well, uh, everyone I saw influenced me. You know, the ones that I loved were, you know, when I grew up in the 50s, um, my youth was in the 50s. My comedy taste developed it starting in the 60s with, with uh, Stan Freeberg, um, Mel and Carl, 2,000-year-old man, um, uh, Lenny Bruce, uh, Bill Cosby, um, before I became a bartender. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Robert, Robert Klein <laughs> The amazing George Carlin Who was funny For 50, 60 years Carson um, Yeah, and then everybody uh, From Bob Hope to Johnny Tom Lehrer Were you a Tom to, Lehrer fan? Yeah, you know, I love Tom Lehrer The, the musical parodies you know, Would l- later play into things That I did on the Oscars Yeah you know, um, and, and all of those Really funny people Plus Every Sunday night Was the Ed Sullivan show and you know we didn't have we had three channels two four and seven on your local stations so we had what six channels seven mm-hmm. channels to play with, but Sunday nights was comedy time, so then you'd get the more traditional guys like Alan King, you know who was always sensational on the shows. But for me, I would watch Steve Allen because Steve was what Letterman led would become, um, uh, what what Jimmy really is doing now. Steve did all those things before anybody else, and he had a great group with him: Don Knotts, uh, Tom Post, and Louie Nye. The Man on the Street stuff. Yeah. All of these things I, I encourage anyone who wants funny find the albums, listen to them. Nichols and May live on Broadway, yes. one of the greatest comedy yeah, albums of all time. So it's for me. I you know my dad had a record store, and he would bring home these comedy albums. So those albums became my rock and roll. I don't know much about rock and roll music, but I know the album, the comedy albums. That's what I listen to. It's, it's amazing that now –
0: and maybe uh, maybe this is just sort of like old man get off my lawn talk. But I remember listening to albums <laughs> over and – comedy albums over yeah. and we over did, and we, over we, we and did. over. I yeah. mean like I know
3: – But even – by the way, like that was even happening in the 90s. Like I grew up listening to Sandler's stuff over and over and over again. Yeah. And Sandler that,
4: and Young? <laughs> <Adam> <laughs>
3: one and, was Belgian Adam and one Sandler. was... You
4: know, oh, oh, oh. Even like, the to- Sandlers.
3: Like Tollbooth uh. Willie and all that stuff was sort of like so influential. Yeah. I grew up listening to the LP of the original season of Saturday Night Live. My parents had like an LP of it. Uh, even the Second City. Like Second City has... These incredible records, um,
0: Firesign Theater, just a Fireside Theater. the Firesign Theater, yeah. yeah,
3: and what is Reality, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Um Pep Rally, and of course, what was the what was the Canadian show that uh, Moranis came from? Sctv, Sctv, SCTV. Yeah. like all that stuff. I listen to those albums religiously. Steve Martin, like all that stuff, but I don't feel like we do that anymore. I don't no. feel like cuz people are just like, yeah. like Right. they yeah. just right. Eat, they consume something immediately like, and i guess it's also because of youtube you can watch comedians now it's a, it's all instantly accessible
0: well it's, it's it's also i think just the ubiquity of content i mean there you know it's like what you were saying there was just less content so when you got something you really drilled down on it but now it's like there's so so exactly. much yeah. of almost
4: everything too much. we used to when Steve uh, when um, after steve he was so influential on me, just watching him. He became like this, and I got to know him very well. His mother, his mother, his wife played my mother on, in City Slickers. Um, Jane Meadows, it's uh-huh. her, her voiceover, um, and I did Steve's show v- v- as frequently as I could out here. Um, then came Ernie Kovacs. Yeah, Kovacs. If you watched his show, had no studio <laughs> studio audience, but it was hilarious because he'd have a small group of stagehands. And they'd laugh, and he encouraged them to laugh. So maybe you heard five or six guys, and you felt like you were in on the joke, and you were in on something really special and really amazing. And his visual content—he died in '62, so his oh, vi- wow, yeah. So his visual content way back then, was unbelievable. He's doing a lot of weird, surreal stuff. He has a comedy half hour that's silent. (laughs) He's in a a museum, and he plays this schleppy character who walks through a museum, and it's all silent. It's amazing. And he he was sponsored by Dutch Masters Cigars, and he he smoked big cigars, so Um, he did one underwater, and he's totally underwater with, and he's smoking a cigar, and he blew milk out of his mouth, so it looked like it was smoke, but it was—he did it live. It was—he was like—and was like, a Nairobi Trio and and um, Percy Duff tonsils and all of these characters he created. Um, you know, getting back to who influenced me, those those guys were like giants.
0: So when people say like, "Oh, you
4: were such a big influence," you go, "Oh, yeah, yeah," but these guys over here—they were the guys. Well, they make you want to do it. You know, they make you want to do it. I mean, who's funnier? I, I, then Phil Silvers and Bilko, that character is astoundingly funny. I mean, he was aggressive and funny, and he was, oh, Colonel Hull. I mean, they were <laughs> these were these were like what we would call starker guys. They were big, strong vaudeville performers who were now being plugged into the new medium of television. Yeah, and did, Sid, of course. Did, oh, who I didn't. I don't even think I realized until
0: Mel Brooks was on the show a couple of years ago, I didn't realize Sid was alive until kind of recently. Right. He passed yeah. away recently. Yeah. yeah, two years ago. But I, I mean, I, I think he was a guy that I just like, oh, he! I think he um, might no. have... By the
3: way, I went into a New York deli when I was doing Book of Mormon, <clears throat> and I saw one of the coolest things. I wish I had taken a picture, but it was Mel, Sid, and I believe Carl, all sitting at um Edison the Edison Hotel restaurant right. and i literally shit my pants i was like <laughs> are you kidding me these three giants of comedy yeah. hanging out like people yeah, yeah.
0: yeah did you talk to them
3: i didn't i was too nervous i was i was too, I would be too yeah, i was too intimidated cuz there's no way to how do you even approach that mm, girl? No,
0: no. The, the the fan part of your brain squashes down any uh, coherent thought yeah, or I sentence know. that might come out, and it's just there's. It's I don't just, know
3: even what I, I oh, know. you guys. You guys me are me. also do what I like oh, to. Re-
2: I like.
4: you I, I was very fortunate to have. First of all, Mel is and Carl are very very good friends, and Mel makes an appearance on on the show. That's a great scene. That's it's a a a, it's scene. really <laughs> funny. Yeah, I love that scene so much. And cats, um, so yeah, <laughs> I became very friendly with Mr. Caesar. And um, had, um, when he died, I wrote a piece in the New York Times about him and what he meant to me. Um, he was the Charlie Chaplin of television. This is 1953. 50, you know, t- first TV stuff was you know, in the late 40s. So five years into it, think of the movie business in only five years. So you're dealing with Chaplin and Keaton. And he was unbelievable, but surrounded himself also like we have a terrific cast on our show. With the best people, Howard Morris, Imogene Coca, Carl Reiner, and, and an Mel amazing Roe writing staff, and you know, it's Larry Gelbart, and it's Neil Simon, and later <laughs> Woody, and you know, so it was, you know, and he knew that, and he was in failing health, and I, I go up to the house, I got a call that he wanted to see me. I did four hundred and sixty or something performances of my one man show Jesus. on Broadway, so there was only one time that I could say I was. Nervous, And one time I could say I was really nervous. It wasn't opening night. It wasn't closing night. I was nervous when I knew Mel was in the audience. And I was really nervous when, when Sid came. Sid came to my last show here. We moved it from an evening show to a, a matinee so he could make it because he was not in good health. And he was in a wheelchair then. And, and um, I kept thinking of him the whole time because things that I was doing were all things that I remember him doing. And that, you know, you imitate when you're little. That's all you, you know, you imitate till you start to find your way. And mime stuff and character stuff. He was doing in 1953 or 1954, and I'm five years old. And, you know, my dad would let me stay up late and really, like, point at the black and white set. And so look at this guy. Look at this guy, you know. And I went up to the house, and he was very frail. And on, on his bed were screeners from the Academy. Um, for the you know for the pictures he was going to vote for the Academy Awards and there was the um, uh, the, fr- the, the French film the actor the silent movie uh, the, artist. Oh, the artist the artist and his and it's on his bed and I said Jesus said look at that did you like it yeah yeah I did uh, but I said it reminded me of and I may name a sketch that he did on Show of Shows about a silent film actor. Who's a big star And then talkies come in And he's got a very high pitched voice <laughs> And now we can't get work But there's a headline that says Talkies are in And there's a close up of him And he goes
2: I'll talk I'll talk, <laughs> I'll talk, I'll talk, I'll talk,
4: I'll talk And we started running lines From the sketch together And he's in a hospital bed wow. And there's a scene where he calls Flo Ziegfeld To get work on Broadway And <laughs> I remember at six years old, I had an Aunt Florence, what we call Flo. (laughs) And I would call, I would see her and I would go, Hello, Flo. And she would laugh hysterically. (laughs) And so I'm doing, Hello, Flo, with the great Sid Caesar in his bed. And it was like, it was unbelievable to me. Um, You know, these guys, you know, are, you know, for for comedians uh, of my generation, they're they're Tom Jefferson, they're Adams, they're the founding fathers. You know that's who they are for me. Okay. When I look at them and look at their work still, um, and you can now, which is fantastic. Their work is unbelievable, and it was live on television. It is funny that we
0: get kind of arrogant as young comics. You get kind of arrogant and you go, oh, I mean. I mean st- shit wasn't funny like it is now And then you watch o- old, old stuff And you're like oh yeah actually it was and, But it was very structured right. and, But you still see a lot of like Oh I see the punk rock jokes in there They're still, they're still subverting Important things and authority well, or- If you go back sure.
3: to even The early years of Saturday Night Live Some of this stuff that they were doing Would be considered dangerous today Oh there's you know? no question I mean it's like y- 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 Yes We have grown but it all starts from that like crazy 60s, 70s movement where it's like all these guys including Billy who was involved in the earliest days of SNL and all that and – Watching the the fortieth reminded me of how subversive some of that stuff was. Well, that that yeah. sketch
0: with uh, Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor is yeah. one of
3: them. You could
0: not get could away know. with yeah. that never, on TV today. Never. So you, uh, <laughs> I didn't. I was working the night that the fortieth aired, but
4: I did see them. You were in the monologue. Yes. Did you do anything else on no, the show? No. There was just it was, and it was very frustrating because. you – I love that studio. It's Yankee Stadium to me. It's like it's a great place to work. And I and everybody was there <clears throat> and I and I was dying to get up and do something. <laughs> <laughs> but I had what two lines in the opening or whatever it was with with Steve and Alec Baldwin and everyone else who was up there. And just being around it again was so great. And and I had an amazing moment. I think I sent you a picture from the studio. I'm I, um it was Sunday afternoon, it was rehearsal. And as usual, nobody knew what they were going to be doing four hours from now. <laughs> and Paul Simon came in from Australia and just arrived and rehearsed, still crazy after all these years, on stage alone. There was maybe five or six of us in the studio. And that sound, the wailing sax solo in that, the organ, his voice, really to me was the sound of SNL mm-hmm. in the beginning. He was so, you know, I think he hosted the second show. and But that sound and, and the words... 40 years later, still crazy after all these years. It was so perfect, you know. And that was, a, that was amazing to see everybody there. And um, that was a really fun red carpet, man. Hmm. Did, you, were, did you? Were you hanging out a bunch or were you watching the show? I was there. I, sat, I went in the audience. I finished my little bit and I ran right up into was the audience. Cra-
3: even crazier than <clears> who was <throat> on stage was who were, was in the stands. People who never even got up. Yeah. There were some amazing People, when they would pan across the audience, you'd see all these like a-listers who had nothing to do with the show. Well, it was so weird.
4: It. I'm sitting with, with Chappelle, <laughs> and, and um, across from the aisle is Sarah Palin. I'm
3: going, <laughs> <laughs>
2: what's, what's, going on here? what's going on here?
4: But it was it was a very special night. I'm you know really proud to be part in uh, in any way in that in the lineage of that show. Do you ever miss traditional stand-up? Yeah, I'm actually. I'm thinking about getting back out there. I was uh, we would. Uh, I was driving around last night um, after babysitting <laughs> my grandchildren. <laughs> 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 I thought, you know, we, I passed the improv, and I went. Yeah, I got a couple of ideas. Maybe one time I'll go up there. Maybe do a little tour. Maybe. Oh, that'd be fun. I'm itchy. I'm a little itchy. The show was fantastic to do, you know, my Broadway show, but, um, and it had elements of stand-up in it. But to go out and talk about where I am now and what I'm doing might be a really fun thing to do.
0: Yeah, and it seems like, you know, with, the, with the, I'm guessing, I've never done a Broadway show, but, it's, but it seems like you sort of hone it down and then it's, it's kind of its own thing. You can't, it, I, with stand-up you can fuck around and take left and right turns and talk to the audience, but I imagine when you're doing a show, it's like, well, this is kind of
4: how this show works. Yeah, but it was, you know, it was, I, there were moments I could drift as long as I knew how to come back to a light cue or a music cue you know because it was it's all you know they're waiting for me to say something that's gonna someone's gonna press a, a switch that's gonna make the lights change and you know because we had a story to tell but there were many nights I would drift off and find new things and always come back to the to the melody basically you know if that's the jazz of it when it's good if you're
0: working out around town would you come in as an unannounced guest and just like drop in on a show
4: I yeah I would probably do that but I, I hate to um take time away from, you know, young comedians. I think people would be okay with it. No, <laughs> I, 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 you know... That's very we considerate, had, though. No, That's but I, I did, it, it used to happen to me all the time when I first started. And some bigger, big names would come in. To, they're going to do their Tonight Show, you know, and... And instead of doing a six minutes, they do an hour and a half. And, that's and then, the, you know, that's do. what <laughs> you don't do. You just
0: don't have to do an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah, but if you did yeah.
4: fifteen minutes, like everyone would be thrilled. I think, I think, I think yeah. it'd be fun. I it'd think be it'd be fun. really fun. It would fun. be yeah. very exciting for that audience. <laughs> <laughs> I would go yeah. what? So I've been I've been a little little, little I think you should
0: do it. Did you uh, do you when you're not hosting the Oscars? Do you miss hosting the Oscars? No, I don't. Really? No. I. I it seems it, like a thankless job. Like it seems. It like- can be. Yeah. <laughs> it can be. It's, it's, I feel it's, like
3: was it maybe not so much before <clears throat> and now in the age of social media, it's got every now since everybody's become a critic. You're instantaneously. It's you're a real you're, you're, you. have
4: got a big target on you. <laughs> you know, and and the show is what the show is, and it's hard to make it different. And then when you try, you either. Either it works or it's just or it just doesn 't and when it doesn 't you 're crucified for it, so you know well the I, audience I, I, there does not seem like fun to, to be honest it 's hard it 's hard because they 're all in uncomfortable clothes. the first five rows they 're nominated, and within the first hour, four out of five of them have lost, so right. they 're not happy right and then you know and uh, there are so many awards it 's hard to do the bulk of the ones that people are not that interested in. There's a long stretch of you know sound effects editing documentary you know people for the people who made them, this is what they're waiting for, but for the people at home it's like, like yeah hey, 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 hey. <laughs> um and so you know it's um when it was good, it was great, and um I had a great time doing it most of the time, and I love the people I did it with, and we had some big moments on the show and uh but it, it's very hard now back then it was like three critics that you wanted to if. If you pay attention to them, it was Janet Maslin in the Times, Tom Shales at that point was in the Washington Post. And I thought the best of them all was Howard Rosenberg Mm -hmm. here with the L.A. Times. He was a great, really good critic, I thought. And um, now it's this thousands and thousands of them during the show. (laughs) And, And, you know, you don't want it in your mind coming off going, am I... Trending, <laughs> that, that's exactly what that's what happens. You make a
3: joke, and if that joke doesn't work, everybody in the world is talking about it. Well, that's once. sort of like yeah. when,
0: when they had Seth MacFarlane do it, and then you know he made a couple he made a couple of jokes that were, you know, like Seth MacFarlane, and then people are like, "How could he?" Like, well, what did you think yeah. was going to happen? I thought the boom song was
3: exactly what you're
0: Look at a second of his work before oh. this, and you seem, you know, I mean, it's like, but everyone just. I mean, I I get that it is the pinnacle of the, what you would do if you're an actor, you'd be the Oscars, but I feel like everyone's just so serious and so like, yeah. this is the most important thing. It's like, it's it's not, I mean, it's important, but it's not the most important thing. It also thing.
4: now is there, yes, that's true, but also now comes at the end of a, when it first started, of course, there were just the Emmys and the Oscars and then, and the Grammys. And then. There's award fatigue,
3: for sure. My
4: God. And then Dick Clark created the American Music Awards. And then became the People's Choice Awards and then became the Award Awards and right. like, you know the, the Outstanding Pet Shows and, and whatever it it's just um it became too many. There's just too many. So you've already seen everybody, you know, and you you sort of know who's gonna win. You know, there are very few horse races anymore. And it's the last – you're the last
1: opportunity to do the jokes. Yeah. It's like
4: all the jokes have been made, the Golden Globes
1: and all that stuff. So it's
4: like you kind of have to – And when I did it, you know, um, when I was doing it frequently, it used to be on Mondays. It used to be on Monday night. I used to love that because people would have to – it became more like there was an urgency – it wasn't like the Sunday's Oscar day, like the yeah. Super Bowl. They had to leave work. They had right. to get it, – it like, there was more of an urgency to watch the show. And right. when we were, you know, at our height with, you know, the funny openings and stuff, I, I used to love to watch newsmen uh, on the local news saying, well, I'm getting out of here. I want to see how that show's going to open, you know. <laughs> it used to be fun, you know. Mm-hmm. I, so I like it when it was on Monday nights. It felt more – I, I don't know, that it used special. to be on
3: Monday was Yeah. Just for, yeah now,
4: now it's the all-day thing right. that they can build yeah. around it and yeah. all the uh, –
3: it's the coverage of everybody arriving on the red oh, carpet. Yeah. So
0: it's such bad coverage. I was I was watching it before I went to work that day, and it was just all puns of. You know they were talking about Rosamund Pike's dress, and it's like, and she was pregnant, but she wore this dress. I think this dress is gone, girl. And it's just like, <laughs> I, I want, I wanted good. to punch <laughs> through. I wanted to punch through. I wish there was a haptic feedback on my yeah. TV screen so I could do this and then watch it sure. go out. Like, I just, I just wanted some. Well, some the worst part is them, like,
1: and, like they'll, like a guy will be up an actor, and they'll be like, oh, tell us about you know the the process of doing it, and then the an actress walks on, they go, tell us about your dress. Oh yeah, it's like it's like they don't post have post any care about what they're yeah. doing, yeah.
0: but. Uh, um, yeah. I um I got to present at the Emmys for the first time this year and that scared the shit out of me but I saw you after the show and it was a flurry of yes. activity and I just and I want to re-express that I think what you said and did was wonderful and and uh
4: and also it, you know I know it couldn't have been an easy thing so It was the hardest thing I've I've had to do because it was so public you know it was to it was only 2 weeks after uh, Robin had passed away and it was so you know, it was so much to listen, it's months now and I'm still processing and, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get through everything. But that was hard. And to try to find the right words and humor and laughs and um and not break down in front of everybody. At the rehearsal the day before I walked out, saw his picture up there and I walked off. I said, I can't do this. I'm not I'm not, can't I'm not ready yet and I came back a half hour later and just read it. But you know, it's, it was so confusing. It was so painful. We'll always be that. Um, and so, you know, just to... I remember seeing you, and, and, and uh, another moment when I walked off, Jay was there, Lena was there, who would come to see me before the show started. And, you know, Jay and I started out together. Robin came a little bit after us, and we've all been very close. And Jay... <laughs> was just so emotionally just held on to me and just you know wouldn't let me go for a while and that was was a nice feeling it's what I' needed at the time um and that an old friend like him was there uh, that was you know it was something but i it's just it's still Odd and confusing and maddening, and um, we all, you know, think of them. I think of them all the time. I
0: saw, I was actually watching. It was. In, I was in the backstage area where they corral people, and I was watching it next to Jay, and just watching him. He was just shaking his head, and I could see his eyes welling up, and it just like it, it was. He was profoundly watching you watching the thing. Um, but I think it was important because I don't think there's anybody else that could have done it, besides you. I don't think anyone else would have... I don't think it would have helped as much. But I think it really... As hard as it may have been, I have to say
3: I think it really helped not I don't people. think, I I don't think so. I've ever heard <clears throat> something so brilliantly boiled down as, what a concept. It just... That is the thing I'll always remember, is because it's it perfectly epitomizes who that man was and how unique he was. And in my lifetime... I don't remember that many um, passings that had that much of a devastating response where everybody, everybody around the world just sort of stopped and was like, how can – how can this be? Because he was such a life force. Well,
0: yeah. Because obviously, we understand how humanity works. We understand what happens. We understand that we lose people. And I just, I just lost my dad the year before. I, I understand. So but it's still the idea that like there's some people, a very few people in the world where you're like, oh, that can't be... That's not... He's right. immortal. How is that even remotely possible?
4: Yeah, I was... Um, we were in Rome um, when I got the call. And... So we turned around and, and came right back, and then the R- Rome airport was an international newsstand and headlines all around the world, his face, everywhere, Russian newspapers, London, um, Spain, you name it, and it, it that was the story of the day. This hateful world um, that's getting stranger and more violent every day stopped for a second to go... Oh, no. And that, I thought, was pretty
0: sounding. Yeah. I mean, to be able to take something like this and still be able to... I mean, this is part of what comedy helps us process. This is what comedy helps us do. And that's why, you know, like, seeing that you could take something... Be respectful, but also know that it was important to try to you know relieve some of the tension with comedy. I mean, I, I often wonder how people
4: who don't have comedy in their lives deal with horrible things. Right? Yeah. Well, I I was off to the left on stage, and the mem- in memoriam package, which was difficult enough. Yeah. Because um, there were some very incredible people a part of that that year, and. I walked out <clears throat> and everyone knew I was going to do it but yet there was 6,000 that's a big place so there's about five or 6,000 people in that theater and they as wonder had just turned to me and it was okay here we go and it was thick with sadness and confusion and um, you know there was just a look in people's eyes I remember you know just looking at people just they they were looking at me going Help yeah how do what are you going to end and, and so, you 're
0: just as confused as everyone else yeah,
4: and you know i was he was my closest friend, and um uh it was just so i don 't know even know how to talk about it anymore,
0: well, and I think watching. I don't know if this makes any sense, but watching the first episode of your show last night and watching you be okay and be funny and make like, it, it kind of made me feel better about everything. It kind of made me feel like, okay, yeah, Billy's doing better, so I, no, I feel okay. I, I, I feel okay, like, I feel okay <laughs> Billy's okay, I feel okay. I, you know,
4: um, I sent him um, the shows when I, I, these, I think they sent 10 or 12 of the Swedish shows. And I was telling him about it that I'm thinking I'm going to do this, and he goes, "Let me see him, let me see him." So I sent him to, and he went crazy how great they were, and got it right away what we would do with it and um, and and he you know he was so happy that it was going to be the right thing for me um, that you know I, I, st- I think about him all the time whenever I get a chance to to play with Josh and do stories that are so inspiring and funny and offbeat and i 'm happy doing them yeah he wasn 't happy doing his show when he his you know the, 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 crazy, the, ones. the crazy ones he was not he, and he wasn 't feeling well and he didn 't even know what was going on with him it was before he was diagnosed with the with the parkinson 's and he wasn 't well he knew something was going on and he but he just wasn 't really he knew that I would be happier in my show than he was in his. Mm-hmm. And that made him joyous for me, and that 's why you know friends like that and people like that are so rare to to you know pull from me that way and know that it would be a you know a, a good situation and it's i you know some of the shows I do I, I i wish I could pick up the phone and call them and say, "You know what we did today you know so you know well I think it's
0: um, i mean and everyone everyone who's lost people knows this i I think but the, the 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 thing that I've been feeling is you know even though I know that like certain people are not around my dad they're not around I still kind of feel I think back and the things that used to make me sad are very comforting to me or I feel like <clears throat> oh yeah or I I feel like I really feel like it's still there in my molecules like, yeah. I feel like it's still a part of the thing and
4: even just sort of having conversations still you know yeah. is very, very my helpful. only regret with him listen we've, we I had him in my life for a long time and I'm forever grateful for that. And we had some amazing moments on and off stage. My only regret is that we didn't tape record uh, our phone calls (laughs) and make an album of them. (laughs) Or go in, you know, one of my last calls with him, I said, why don't you come down or I'll come up there and we'll we'll just rent the studio for two, three days and we'll just go and see what we have. Because they were so bizarre and great, we would go for hours sometimes <laughs> and hang up like, like sweating, <laughs> like, like that was a workout, you know, because it was just. I'm watching Ronald Reagan's funeral. I'll share the, and I told this at his memorial. I'm watching the, the, the Reagan's funeral. Phone rings. I look at the phone. I see it's four one. You know, he was in San Francisco, so I was oh, all right. I go hello, and I hear this. Bill?
2: (laughs) Hi, it's Ron.
4: Ron, Mr. Reagan? Yeah, well, you can call me Ronnie. (laughs) Everybody at the studio called me Ronnie, and I think of you as a studio guy. But how is this possible? I'm watching your funeral. Oh, that's my stunt guy. (laughs) So, um, how is Heaven? Heaven? Well, you know, I'm a little confused. It's a lot hotter than I thought it was.
2: <laughs>
4: well, I said, "Well, <laughs> you m- may not be in heaven, because if it's hot, you may be in the other place." Oh, well, that would explain why I'm in a hot tub and Nixon's balls are resting on the bridge <laughs> of my nose. <nights.
2: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: That was so. We had you know blessed moments like that. Well, I think it's I think it is important
0: that um, because I, I think there are a lot of comics. Uh, you know, I, I'm assuming Robin being a prime example of people not being able to connect with how much joy they bring the world. So I think it's important when you do have. A, a job that you like or you are doing stuff that that you really do ha- should really try to enjoy i mean like that that's important
4: i've had the best time i you know we every day we just go we got a chance to do this you know the shows are very strong they're very funny they're very smart they're very inventive as the season progresses it'll it'll take people to a different place as um you know we carefully scripted this whole season with an arc for us getting on the air and Getting a time slot that we wanted, and so on and so forth. The the show was all about the process of making this show, Mm -hmm. and um, and during the course of it, you know, audiences, you know, at home, we'll see, we'll see that that Josh and I have a show within the show called the Billy and Josh Show. So that's mostly in front of a, a live audience or these film pieces that roll in and out. Are you doing Those real really sketches yeah. in front of the yeah.
1: audience? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the the awesome.
4: one with the, the businessmen talking at the same time. <laughs>
1: yes. It's like it, when the first like the first time you show, I love that it becomes a runner. Yeah. But like, I love it by the end. It just keeps on escalating. Was, <laughs> I was just like, this is perfect. It's the perfect way to do – Like, it's like a hybrid
3: it's, show. I'll tell much. you what was so special about that one is uh, Mel Brooks was at the table read for that one uh, yeah. before he did the guest star. And he – and Mel is still to this day, as well as he should be, he's earned it, the most critical person when it comes to <laughs> comedy. And so he uh, – you feel like you're doing this in front of like your favorite teacher and you want to make sure that you're going to get an A+. And he hears that sketch and he goes, now that – Is funny. (laughs) That is very funny, and it was like to hear that from that man meant everything because it's like, all right, we definitely we got one that worked.
0: I told the story on the podcast before. I think it was when Mel was on. uh, is a friend of mine named Rob Paulson, who's a voiceover guy, was working on the animated version of Spaceballs, like, years and years oh, wow. ago. And he was super freaked out, but he was this young, cocky comedy guy. And Mel Brooks was there, and Mel was like, uh, we need to – there are these characters called dinks, and we need a name for one. This one dink brings someone a thing of water, and we need to come up with a name for it. And Rob goes, I got it. Gunga Dink, thinking he was going to get carried out of the room in celebration. And Mel pointed at him and goes – Kid, wit is shit. Funny is money. Any more
2: ideas? And he, he,
0: Rob just sank down, just hmm. chubbed up in his chair. And I told that story to Mel and he was like, that sounds like something I would have said.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: when you sit with him, we would have these regular Monday lunches and uh, you know that I got invited to by Phil Rosenthal. Um, and Phil put these lunches together and I'm sitting there and it's, Um, Norman Lear, and it's Carl, and it was the late Larry Gelbart, who was a genius guy and and an amazing comedy writer, but a wonderful person, and, and Mel, and it was just every Monday, you know, you go to the Hall of Fame, and he's, I've known him since 1977, wow, uh, our kids, his son Max, who yeah. sort of created the whole Max zombie genius yeah. genius and my daughter what Jenny, were in what elementary school together. They were in school together, they were room, uh, class roommates, they were classmates, and so now i 'm like, oh my God, I go to my first parent teacher meeting and, and Mels there, and with, with Ann banker, It was like <laughs> it was just so <laughs> crazy. So when I finished my first run on Broadway, and the producers was right across the street from from our theater. We we finished. We went to Tony. It was a great year. All right. I'm on my way back to to L.A. Mel calls. Billy, Mel, listen, um, do the producers. You'll do it till, you know, Christmas, and you'll make whatever deal you want to make, and that'll be great. And then, you know, it'll be perfect. You're Max. You'll be a Max. I said, oh, Mel, with all due respect, I love the show. I've waited for you to ask me to do something (laughs) I'm live. But I don't want to be the eighth guy to play Max Bialysock. He goes, You won't be! You'll be the twelfth!
3: That's brilliant. And then he he tried to recruit Billy and I to do it again. Yeah, when he did the show. Yeah, yeah, we, we I want you guys to think about doing it. You play Bialystock and Bloom. The thing is, I want you to go on tour with (laughs) as if that would be like the most appealing version of coming back to doing it. But do you
0: understand the do you understand the weight of what you're saying? Is that like if someone took young Josh Gadd aside and go It's incredible? Someday Mel Brooks is gonna ask you to be in the producers and you're
3: gonna tell him no. I left with the shittiest grin on my face uh, the first time we met Mel. We went into his office. You see all of these posters that have uh, left this unbelievable influence on you growing up, from Blazing Saddles to The Elephant Man, uh, The uh, Elephant Man, <laughs> Young Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein, The, the Producers. The all fly. of these <laughs> unbelievable things. By the way, he's got all of his awards on a mantle, uh, and his favorite one is the uh, the Satellite
4: It's <laughs> a science fiction award. It's
3: a science fiction award. That's one he's proudest of. <laughs> and It's not even his. It's it's Max's. It's Max's.
2: That's
4: the craziest part. Max Max is now into. No one says zombies funnier than Mel Brooks. <laughs> he's into zombies. zombies.
3: <laughs> incredible.
4: They're the Walking Dead, like my uncle burn
3: <laughs> And he's and he's and he's showing you all this stuff. And the thing that he's proudest of, beyond anything else. Is that he has water at his disposal at it? He's I know. It. See the little paper cups. Of and water. he loves. That's yeah. real. He yeah. loves offering water. He but he lo- pours
4: it out of a. He <laughs> pours it. <and> it's not <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's an old fashioned pitcher. It's amazing. But it's funny what sixty because when he was growing up and when he was when he was a young person broke and you know struggling yeah. to him that was probably like. That's how you've made it, when you have water yeah, right? at your disposal, yeah, yeah. and you can freely pour it to people,
1: yeah. and
3: it's clean. Like you that s- last special he did was amazing, too.
1: The last HBO special was fantastic.
3: Oh, he, yeah, he yeah. by the way, is still as sharp as... 89. He's unreal.
4: And so is Carl. Carl's
3: 93. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: I think it's... Gives you hope. It does give you <laughs> hope. And, and I think, you know, because uh, a lot of us have seen it go the other way, where it's like, Guys, you idolize, and then they disappear for a while, and they come back, and you're like, I don't know, something's not, you know. But does <laughs> your voice get
3: that high? Yeah. Maybe just a bit. I don't it's know. A I day. I'm in the talkies now.
0: <laughs> but uh, when, uh, but talking to Mel and then and to Joan Rivers, it, it, like because they were still so engaged in everything, it's like, yeah. well, that's the secret, you know. It's like they they're they're still. They're still hungry, for better or for worse. They still want to know. They want to
4: understand. They want to learn. Carl was just on Fallon when Jimmy had the show out here. Carl was on. Um, he's, just, he's just written. He wrote three books this year. Jesus. He's 93. You know, they, they, no one can still read kill. three books at yes. 93. <laughs> and, um, and he was still hilarious. He was just hilarious. They're, 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 you know, they're fantastic people. Well, I'm, uh, I'm. When is when is comedians premiere April 9th, ten o'clock. April before 9th? Louis, right before Louis. Nice. with a lead in for Louis. It's a really terrific hour of comedy, I have to say. That's fantastic. Yeah, it really is,
3: and the show is so unbelievably unique and special. And I think laugh out loud funny. It is, and, and I'm I'm really excited for people to see it. Yeah. And FX
0: F- and Stephen Weber's on the show too. Yes, yeah. And, uh,
3: first two episodes
4: and, and some I have to say Megan Ferguson and um, Mattelberg and um, Stephanie Stephanie Weir, Weir. Wow. are so uh, wow're the that's our cast, and they are They're the secret people. weapon.
3: I mean, they really are. The, the ensemble of this show makes us look even better, and, and it really is. We we have an all-star cast in front and behind the scenes. Is Laura Craft writing on the show? Yes. yes and Andy is. Secunda? <clears throat> yes. yes. Andy's amazing.
0: Andy's brilliant. Yeah, a brilliant Laura's improviser, great. and Laura Kraft is one of the funniest. And Andy's on the yeah. show as well. Oh, he is on the show as He's well. He's our cue he card guy. guy. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> He's amazing, it, but Laura Craft, to me, is one of the funniest like in a conversation, yeah. Oh,
2: she's, she's like a comedy
0: goalie. Like you right. cannot get anything by her. <laughs> yeah. she, she will double down, and you're like, "This is really hard." Like,
3: she's so fucking funny. Yeah. It's it really is. It's such an incredible group of people, and and I and I can't wait for people to finally see what. we're Well, also just out.
0: the idea. It, uh And I this is going to sound like I'm kissing FX's ass. I'm not. I don't have any. I don't have to. I just. I pitched a show there recently, and looked around at the wall in the pitch room, and it's very intimidating because you re- you forget how many amazing shows that they've right. made across all, the, you know, The Shield and Justified and Louie and uh, Bargo Bargo and Fargo right. and Sons of yeah. Anarchy,
3: and it's like the, sh- they're the all, Americans. They're all yeah. incredible, incredible shows.
4: So, but it comes at the t- it starts at the top of them. John Landgraf. Um, who runs the joint is one of the smartest, most articulate men I've ever will, met or I, per person I should say yeah. um th- that I've ever met. It's
3: actually a joy getting notes yeah. from them because you know inevitably they will make it only better, which is a rarity. You're are you, you saying that because you're being recorded right now? No, 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 it's actually the truth. We've discovered it's like every time we get notes, which are rare, it always just helps the product and it's it's a wonderful position to be in where you get to work with people who are oftentimes just the best at what they do. Well, that because I'm sure, I'm sure over
0: the years people have said, "Oh, come back and do network television." It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's,
4: it's okay. I didn't want to be the 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 grandfather who didn't know how to use a cell phone. I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. be the guy who uh, did, oh, did I say gramp? that? Did I say that? What? Wacky grandpa. Yeah. Why did yeah. I come into this room? Right. I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> right. I'm me, and I and yeah. after all the years and all the stuff I've done, the best part I have is by playing myself.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Well, uh, you guys, thank you so much for thank you, thank you for coming and being here on the podcast. Yeah. It's amazing to have you back again. And I don't think you've
4: been, you haven't been on the I've podcast. I've never done but, it, so this and, is,
3: and I'll never do it again after this was it. Yeah, this would be such a wise
4: guy. Uh, I'm not being wise. I'm he's I'm, terrific. That's why I,
3: I talk yeah I'm to terrific. Until Josh he me on the walking until he has me on the Talking deck. You can be on Talking Things. Dead. And then I'm doing this. podcast You should be tomorrow. on at midnight too.
0: You both should be on at midnight. Let's do it. Have you seen Midnight yet? I love that. It's a standup. It's a comedy. It's a game show for comedians. You you guys would I love it. be incredible. I saw TJ on there. He TJ was, Miller. Yeah, TJ Miller it. is always funny on the television <laughs> program. I love I watching I love TJ. I am so happy for like seeing all the people that are my friends that were all sort of in the know. same class like the rest of the world discovering I did a fucking
3: pilot fun with TJ years ago and I'm like this is one of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my life and nobody knew who he was yet.
0: And it bleeds over into yeah. his life like the 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 lines between between performance TJ and oh TJ are, T- are very, very blurred. Yeah, there is a line. There's, yeah, there's no line. <laughs> there's
1: no
0: <laughs> <lines>. <laughs> well, good. You can come on. You can come on anything you want, Josh. Gad. Thank you. Thank and uh, thanks for being here, you guys. My pleasure. Enjoy your burrito, everyone.
3: Thank you. And, Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. That oh, was great. Yeah, that was fun. Such good stories. Those are. I, I've never even heard some of those stories. Those are incredible. I made them up. You did, didn't you? <laughs>
1: Knew it.